That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. Thanks for being with us. President Trump hit with his fourth criminal indictment this week from Marxist Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis. Joining in the orchestrated attacks on Trump by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, New York's Attorney General Letitia James, Special Counsel Jack Smith, of course, and now District Attorney Willis. Four and a half months of orchestrated indictments by the Marxist dim mob of prosecutors. Let's call this what it is. Prosecutorial misconduct, election interference, political persecution. Trump faces over 700 years in prison if he were to be convicted of the 91 counts he's charged with. Do you think there might be an opportunity here for the Supreme Court to step in and tell these lawfare thugs to stand down and to end their ignorance and vicious attacks on President Trump and our legal system? The grand jury in the Fulton County case only heard testimony for one day and then voted the same day to bring charges against President Trump. The county clerk posted and then deleted the final indictment, a clear violation of President Trump's rights. But who's concerned about those, right? Willis, who is running for re-election in 2024, has already begun her fundraising off the indictment, a move she was already reprimanded for by a judge just last year. These prosecutors are all low-life politicos. They're all disgusting. And so it goes. Legal scholar Alan Dershowitz says every lawyer should be trembling right now about these indictments because of the dangerous precedent it sets, barring free speech, no longer allowing anyone to challenge an election. This changes the rules of the game. This basically says RICO is not just applicable to organized crime or to organized uh, commercial crime with hierarchies, but it also applies to protests against election results. It's going to deter and chill people from bringing legitimate election results. Let's remember, we have a process, a law process, for challenging elections. It involves alternate electors. It involves going to court. What this indictment basically says is if you do that, we're going to indict you. So you might as well go on the streets and, and protest and do what happens in banana republics. Um, you know, I in my on my podcast, uh, The Dirt Show, I, I give out bananas. And uh, until this indictment, I was up to two. I think I'm now up to four. Uh, this indictment is very, very dangerous, not only for what it says about Donald Trump, but what it says about future challenges to elections by lawyers. I think every lawyer who's an election lawyer uh, should be trembling at the result of this. It basically says if you're wrong about the election, we're coming after you. And that's just not the way it should be. If you're wrong about the election, you lose. Uh, That's how America is supposed to operate. And Karen Pence, the wife of former Vice President Mike Pence, showing this week more courage than her husband, Karen sat down for an interview with ABC News and was asked about January 6th and her safety that day. At what point 
did you realize my family could be in danger? Well, the Secret Service are phenomenal men and women, and they made it clear to us right away that you know there might be a point where we would need to uh, move to a different location. So that was pretty clear to us from the very beginning, um, because they had come and gotten us out of the Senate chambers and taken us back to Mike's office in the Senate. So it was it was clear pretty early on that we might need to vacate that room and go somewhere else. Did you ever fear for your lives? Never. And I just was discussing this with someone here in Iowa a few minutes ago. I never felt afraid. And I really felt like we just had such a peace and God's presence and just a sense of purpose and determination uh, that I don't think any of us uh, in the whole group, all the staff and everyone with us, I don't think any of us felt fear. I think we felt like uh, a sense of resolve. Karen Pence resolved. Here's her husband campaigning for president. January 6th was a tragic day in the life of our nation. But thanks to the courage of law enforcement, the violence was quelled, and we reconvened the Congress the very same day to complete the work of the American people under the Constitution of the United States. As I've said many times, on that fateful day, President Trump's words were reckless. They endangered my family. So who do you believe, the former vice president or perhaps his wife? Hunter Biden loses one of his top lawyers this week. Attorney Chris Clark says he's withdrawing from the case involving Hunter Biden's tax violations. Clark was one of the attorneys who helped negotiate Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal that's since, of course, fallen through. In the filing to withdraw, Hunter's attorneys say since the plea deal fell apart, Chris Clark may now be called as a witness in the criminal case. Let's bring in our guest now. Joining us is Bud Cummins. Bud is an attorney, former federal prosecutor. He was U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Arkansas. Bud, great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show. Let's start, if we may, with the appointment of David Weiss to be the special counsel. What do you make of it all? Well, you know, I guess the first point is that, that a lot of people have noticed is if you go back and read the regulation, a special counsel is supposed to be appointed uh, an attorney from outside government. Uh, I guess we all did notice that, or maybe we did, but I didn't notice that John Durham was not outside government when he was appointed. Uh, Robert Hur and and Jack Smith were, but uh, so we, you know, in that regard, if there's a problem with David Weiss's appointment, I guess there was a problem with Durham's appointment. At that point, you know, there's very little comparison between Durham and Weiss because. The, the reason to appoint a special counsel is because of a conflict of interest. Well, the conflict of interest probably existed many years ago in regard to these allegations against Hunter Biden, various allegations, but they certainly became undeniable because of David Weiss's handling of the Hunter Biden investigation to the extent it really even was an investigation. They let the statute of limitations run on, you know, multiple very serious charges uh, that would have almost certainly put Hunter Biden in federal prison and and then tried to bring forward this sweetheart plea deal to a couple of misdemeanors. Uh, and and only, you know, when the judge asked 
some pointed questions. Did that to did, was that deal exposed for what it was? And I, I just think the government attorneys, you know, at some point weren't willing to own it. I, I suspect that they had orally told Hunter's attorneys that that would constitute an end and they were going to fold their tent, but they just weren't quite quite willing to admit that in open court when asked. It, it, it was really something to, to watch. And I think most of us who are laymen in this country are watching this and not even able to begin to believe what we were seeing and seeing without uproar from the Republican Party, uh, from the national media, no matter what it's become, we thought that there would at least be some reaction. But no, people sitting there just dumbfounded, apparently, by this level of, uh, of corruption in our federal government and in this Biden regime to the point that they're completely desensitized. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, I, you know, I think we we all... I, I think I said this on your show last time. I, I don't I, I'm not under the I don't operate under the notion that when I was young that, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, The Washington Post, New York Times weren't biased. Right. But I don't think they would have been able to resist following up on some of the events around the Biden crime family. And and, uh, I you know, it's just astonishing to me that we live in an age when the attorney general of the United States can look a camera in the eye and say he's pointing a special counsel because of an apparent conflict of interest and then appoint the guy that <laughs> created and demonstrated that there was a conflict of interest. And beyond that, it's it's form over substance because there's nothing left to investigate. They didn't give him a mandate to investigate Joe Biden. The The statute of limitations has run on any money laundering or bribery or or, you know, millions of dollars of taxes evaded. Uh, so what is he investigating now? Yeah, what do you suppose that scope memo looks like? I mean, it'd be nice to see what the scope of this investigation really is, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it seems in the, in the Attorney General's order, it, it just basically referenced the, the matters that were the subject of the plea agreement, which we're all pretty much aware it doesn't amount to much. And, and I guess they can go try to up the, the ante on those, those specific charges and hold him on the gun, you know, accountable on the gun charge and not give him a diversion. That's why I, I think the, the defense counsel really, and Hunter Biden made an error. They were in open court. The government attorneys waffled on them on an agreement that almost certainly had been made behind closed doors but they should have gone forward with the plea and hope that once they got through it, the government attorneys would still do what they said they were going to do, which was fold the file and put it away and forget it. Uh, now they've left the door open and, and put pressure on David Weiss to do something with those charges. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, but that process might take a long, long time. You know, we, we, we'll see. But it, it, it we may never hear from David Weiss again until after the November 24th election. And if we do, you know, look for it to be, well, we finally worked out yeah. this plea deal and it's going to look about like it did. And, you know, end of story. I, I don't think it's there's I'll be shocked if suddenly David Weiss eats a can of spinach and becomes a really aggressive prosecutor. And even if he does, I don't know what he's going to prosecute. Well, 
there are a few things still out there, uh, but it, it goes beyond the purview of what is, I, I suppose, that scope memo really looks like. Uh, they want this thing to be, a, this is a bizarre instance where they're using a special counsel to cover up, it appears to me clearly, uh, and to stop the congressional investigations uh, and you know, an ongoing investigation of what we don't know. So I don't know how they're going to defend telling uh, telling folks, that, uh, whether it's uh, James Comer, Jim Jordan or uh, uh, Jason Smith at Ways and Means. I, I don't understand how that they can tell them to cease and desist uh, and because it's an ongoing investigation. It, it took five years to get where we are. David yeah. Weiss is a, an investigator who needs a lot of time. I'm, I, this would probably work out to be another decade of investigation uh, for somebody named uh, Biden, uh, Hunter Biden in particular. I, I don't know what to make of it. Well, I, I think it's, I, I, you know, you can speculate. I, I think it, I don't know. I haven't followed the news closely on whether uh, Weiss is, has now is still tentatively supposed to testify in Congress. But, uh, you know, it very likely might have been instigated. This this decision to appoint him a special counsel might just be, you know, to set up an excuse for him decline to to testify. And because they they probably would not have a very good day if he had to come in and explain how he let all those serious charges uh, die on the vine. So here we are. We know David Weiss rolled through all the statute of limitations in the interest of Hunter Biden and his uh, father, the president, former vice president. We know that there is plenty of evidence of wrongdoings just sitting on in the laptop from hell, all of which could have been uh, prosecuted immediately upon just looking at it, in my opinion. I mean, if that isn't probable cause and, and sufficient evidence, I don't know what would be. Uh, and then uh, your, your involvement, and uh, you and I first came together talking about this uh, when you made it uh, very clear that there was nothing new about this uh, for you in the Hunter Biden corruption and the relationship of Joe Biden to what was an overt act of bribery and quid pro quo in going after the prosecutor, the U uh, Ukraine prosecutor working against Burisma with Joe Biden's son, Hunter, sitting on the board. Uh, right. So, I mean, this is disgusting, uh, obvious, uh, and, clear, and clear as a bell to anyone with common sense and some at least reasonable uh, view of their politics to say this is rampant, venal corruption at the highest level. Yeah, uh, you know, as you know, I, I, I carried an opportunity for the Department of Justice to evaluate real evidence of of the allegations, at least as they pertain to Ukraine. I didn't have anything on China, but I, you know, on Ukraine uh, and Burisma in late 2018. And to this day, uh, you know, the, the DOJ said they'd get back to me and then, then quit responding to me. And so I, to this day, I don't know, you know, somebody should ask uh, the U.S. attorney there, Jeff Berman, who I communicated with, you know, did he kill that? Did the FBI kill it? If the FBI killed it, what was he told? Uh, because all this could have been investigated till, uh, as far back at least 
as uh, as October of 2018. And and uh, you know, I think as I recall, when it was brought to me, and I tried to convey it to the Department of Justice, some of it had been at least in fragments reported already in in you know small corners of the media. So uh, it's beyond belief that. Uh, there's there's certain aspects of this that haven't really been pursued. It's beyond belief. For instance, Christopher Hines was partners with Devin Archer and right. Hunter Biden. They they he stepped away from this this chapter, and I think stepped out of the entire business around the time Hunter and Devin went on the board of Burisma. Uh, but I'm sure he knew what was going on, and that may be why he stepped away. Has he ever been interviewed? Uh, John Kerry is his stepfather. He was secretary of state. Uh, he should have been deeply, you know, we were in Ukraine pouring billions of dollars and trying to, and and very concerned because we were pouring all that money in there about the well-known corruption in Ukraine. And Joe Biden became the point person for Ukraine. But right. surely John Kerry was aware of what was going on. And I, we know that the we know that he was briefed about Hunter going on the Breesma board, and he later denied that he knew about it. So, you know, when is he going to be put on under oath and, and to tell what he knew? And how about Obama? Did he not know that his vice president was in another country uh, demanding the resignation of, of a high, you know, the highest Bud, prosecutor in the country? But Cummins, you have said the magic word, Obama. Obama, his intelligence agencies, his FBI, his Department of Justice, his vice president, live and on television, corrupt as he could be. We're talking with Bud Cummins. We're going to explore all of this that from our little, our little corner of the media about what's happening to all those big media companies and why they seem to have so much trouble following the bouncing ball that is Biden corruption, rampant, persistent, and still, still vigorous. We'll continue with Bud Cummins here in just a moment. Stay with us. It only gets more interesting. And did you hear Bud's word? Obama. That's the subject next. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back. We're talking with attorney Bud Cummins, lobbyist, former federal prosecutor, and he's got a lot of questions about President Obama and his former vice president. You were saying, Bud. Yeah, well, I just I just have always going back to 2018 when I, 
I had this information. I offered it up to the Department of Justice. They didn't, they didn't accept it or, or, or t- you know, take it up. And it, it included, the, you know, the bulk of these allegations about Burisma and money changing hands and Joe Biden and the, uh, the dismissal of the of the uh, prosecutor general and and uh, ever since then, you know, another fact for your audience that that I learned was that during that time, we wanted to support Ukraine, but we knew Ukraine was a very corrupt place and it was difficult to stick a dollar into the machine without it being disappearing into the hands of an oligarch. So we started, we did start putting, uh, you know, a lot of restrictions on the government of Ukraine to try to do better to police itself. And, and we had a very, uh, part of the agreement was we had a very significant FBI contingent in Ukraine, much, many more personnel than we typically have in any country. And they were there to, to under an MOU to uh, assist the Ukrainian authorities in their pursuit of corruption. So, you know, with all that attention to corruption, uh, the, and I don't know, I still don't know to this day, if they had documented they may have truly determined that this prosecutor general was not going to be the guy to eliminate corruption. And maybe when Joe Biden went in there and demanded his resignation or he withhold a billion dollars, maybe that was the policy of the United States of America. But if that's true, there are a lot of people that should know that. And there are memor- there's State Department memorandums and briefings on it. It should have been well documented long before Joe Biden went over there and made that demand. And so. Uh, you know, we'd like to see that. That wouldn't exonerate the Bidens for taking a lot of money from Burisma, but it would uh, maybe get them off the hook for firing this prosecutor general in direct response to taking this money from Burisma. Uh, it's in the it's in the Obama administrations and in Joe Biden's best interest to produce that. And I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen it if it exists. And if it doesn't exist. Uh, you know, sometimes you you can prove facts in government by what doesn't exist, because they they do tend to, legitimate work. They love to write memos and paper this stuff up. So, but but you know, you can shortcut that by putting John Kerry on the stand because he was the Secretary of State and he knows the answer to that question. And he and and he knew that Hunter Biden was in Ukraine taking money, and his son and stepson knew. So their accounts they need to be uh, you know they're. They have a responsibility to step forward and, and tell what they knew uh, at that time. And to my knowledge, nobody has attempted to ask them, and they haven't said. Well, the truth is, none of them have met their responsibilities in any any, any other uh, area. Uh, they've been, at best, derelict uh, in their responsibilities to def- protect and defend the United States of America. All of them swore an oath to the Constitution. They violated it daily. Uh, I, I think we're living in a land right now where we talked about the American people being desensitized and inured, if you will, to the outrages that uh, are the acts and policies of this administration. We have on video President, uh, then Vice President Biden bragging about firing, uh, getting uh, Shokin, uh fired, who was investigating Burisma. We have that clear as a bell. It is on its face a basis for bringing charges against this president, uh, because that money was sure as heck uh, channeled back to him. We know that much. 
Well, if, if, but like I said, if they could produce internal, you know, documents for months leading up to that decision, where, and then, you know, a meeting at the White House where they delegated the vice president to go to Ukraine and tell the president of Ukraine that that guy needed to go, you know, that kind of, that, that would ease suspicion, but circumstantially, money's changing hands and that guy gets fired. And I can point you to prosecutions, mostly against Republicans around the country, where people are indicted and put in front of a jury and put in prison on no more evidence than that. Money changed hands, and then something good happened for the guy that gave the money. Even if the giving the money was legal, even if the something good was was a legitimate act of government, the FBI doesn't hesitate and or the Department of Justice to to indict people. And I can point you to specific cases where there was no more evidence than that, and they had to face a jury over it. So, wouldn't you say that there is plenty of evidence here brought up by uh, the House Oversight Committee, the uh, House Judiciary Committee, House Ways and Means Committee? There is, to me, more than sufficient. I don't know why the House right now is, for some reason, uh, constrained by Kevin McCarthy. Uh, who thinks they have to come up with the judgment, uh, the the sentencing, uh, in the in this deal, be the act as the judge when in fact they're the prosecutors in in any impeachment, are they not? Right. Yeah, and you know if they're waiting till they have a case that the Democrats will vote Biden out, I think those days are over. I mean, certainly Republicans turned on Nixon when they decided that he had committed too many you know, unethical acts to to defend him. And and they were pedestrian acts compared to what we're talking about oh, here. Yeah. This is this, you know, could be treason. But I think they know that money changed hands. They know that Hunter Biden didn't have anything else to sell. And they know that Hunter Biden was putting money into the accounts of multiple family members. Some of the money was going directly to multiple family members. And including, I believe, they've doc- documented that uh, money was commingled with Joe Biden, that Joe Biden's bills were being paid at times by Hunter Biden. That should be enough right there, even if the Victor Shokin uh, dismissal was somehow legitimate. Again, I think in all these years, if if they could prove that the Shokin dismissal was legitimate, they'd have probably done that, but maybe they can. Somebody ought to ask. But uh, even if that was legitimate, the commingling of the money and the absence of, of, of Hunter Biden having anything to sell but influence should be enough uh, in a court of law. And it should be enough if the Democrats had any shame for them to abandon Joe Biden and just say it's it's just too much and, and, and you need to resign. But I think those days are over. I mean, there's no shame anymore. There is no you can you there, there's no shame. Absolutely. Absolutely. And let's let's go to something that you said, uh, talking about Obama uh, and the meetings. Uh, there, there would be evidence uh, that could come out of that. There is evidence uh, and the evidence are three meetings uh, in uh, 2016 uh, with his top uh, chiefs, uh, you know, whether it's Susan Rice, uh, the head of the CIA, the FBI, the attorney general, the, the former vice president who is now president, they were meeting over the Hillary Clinton plan to sabotage Donald Trump called Russian collusion. 
Yes. Had three meetings on it. That is evidence in and of itself to bring Mr. Obama up short and in, and up front in this discussion about the rancid corruption of this Democrat Party, this Marxist dim party, or at the very least, this Marxist dim led party is corrupt to the bone. And I don't hear a single Republican talking about it because they lied, cheated and stole the 2020 election and to put him in the Oval Office. And that is an act of sheer treason to have been a part of that because they knew what he was. He was impaired, compromised and a puppet for what appears to be a third term of the Obama administration. Yep, uh, it's it's uh, it's what what happened is clear. And you would think that at a minimum, they would shrink away into the shadows and back off. But uh, they've doubled down. That's what's troubling is yeah. they've been exposed for in, intentionally trying to frame a president of the United States disrupting almost his entire or his entire term of office with false allegations they knew to be false, weaponizing one of the most important agencies in our government, the Department of Justice. And now exposed, there is no accountability whatsoever. And so they've and now they've gotten the Department of Justice back and they are indicting Donald Trump everywhere they can, charging, you know, New York, I guess Atlanta soon, Florida, Jack Smith, and the charges are ludicrous. They're just ludicrous. It, does Don, has Donald Trump said or done done things before that are ill advised and ham handed? You bet. Has he had opinions that maybe weren't supported by all the evidence? Apparently so. But you know, they're they're basically trying to indict him for creatively for crimes that don't exist. And and it's so obvious to any any neutral party that it really it's almost insulting for us to have to sit and catalog and go through each each indictment because it 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 gives credence to what they're doing. I mean, it's so obviously wrong that we really shouldn't have to do that anymore. And the national media in all of this is is covering nothing. They're shameless, as you said, and there's a reason. And there's a reason that their cover up is so desperate on the part of the Marxist Dems, the deep state. Uh, and that is because they're all in it together. This isn't an accident that the corporate media isn't covering this, isn't uh, jumping immediately to uh, to bring uh, truth to power. It's because they are instruments of power rather than a free uh, and fair press uh, that we once had in this country. It's been a long while now. Well, Lou, Lou, can I turn the tables on you and interview you for a second? Because I'm curious. I'm not, okay. I've never, never worked in the media. I'll let you, you have, do that. You've got a career in the media. Isn't there a young, ambitious reporter at CBS, works at 60 Minutes, a producer, somebody at the New York Times, can see this and and say, you know what, I want to I want to do good work. And man, there's some there, there's some real meat on the table here. I'm going to dig into this. Why isn't there anybody out there in the corporate media that wants to do this? Are they trying to do it and being shut down? What's going on there? And is it are that do they have that much control? 
You know what? I'm going to answer your questions right on the other side of this quick break. We're talking okay. with Bud Commons. Uh, and then I'm going to throw a question back at you about the legal profession. Uh, we might as well take down uh, take down the whole bunch at once, Bud. We're coming right back. We're talking with attorney Bud Cummins, former federal prosecutor, great American. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're back with Bud Cummins, who is not only a former federal prosecutor, a lobbyist, uh, a great American, but he's uh, he's so good that he just turned the tables on me and asked me a question about why there isn't someone, anyone uh, within the national corporate media, uh, a younger journalist, if we can still use that word, who wants to make his or her bones by breaking a big story and doing what is in the public interest, the national interest, and honor the public's right to know? The answer is, I I guess, Bud, the answer is what is before us, and that is no one has stepped up. The only one I know in corporate media, and I, if I'm missing somebody, uh, but Catherine Harridge at CBS News keeps doggedly trying uh, to break through. Uh, there are lots of podcasts. There are lots of folks in the alternate media in this country doing terrific work. But are you kidding me? I, I mean, where is ABC, NBC, uh, CBS, uh, again, with the exception of Catherine Herridge? Uh, where is the New York? The New York Times and The Washington Post don't even have the decency to give back the Pulitzers they won. For the for covering President Trump's Russian collusion, where if there isn't enough integrity on the part of that of those publishers and owners, uh, the Times and the Post, you know that's how much influence they've got because these kids coming out of various schools, uh, Ivy League schools, j- journalism schools, they've all been indoctrinated. They're most of them are left wing ideologues, and I have to tell you. It's a sorry state of affairs. It's the same thing that's happening in your profession. You've got these projects and all the law schools. uh, They're left wing uh, to the bone and they're producing left wing indoctrinated and fellow travelers. Uh, And that, by the way, is the future of the country. I think your thought, Bud. Well, I'm afraid you're right. I think, you know, Fellow travelers, useful idiots, uh, whatever you want to call them, they, they, it seems like we're just 
breeding and training whole generations of them. But you'd like to think that if they're intelligent enough, that eventually they'd see something that doesn't ring true to them and their, their, you know, integrity would take over and they'd get it, become inquisitive. But if that's happening, they're being sent home, I guess. I imagine that's exactly right. I, and, but what has happened here is you can't even ask a question now. Uh, I had somebody uh, accuse me of being, um, uh, I'm sorry, who, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, it was, may have been off the record, but uh, a, a well-known author accused me of being a, a birther. Because he had read all the left-wing stuff, like Media Matters, et cetera, et cetera, calling me a birther. The fact is, I said uh, that I believe uh, Barack Obama was uh, born in America, but I wanted to know why he wouldn't just solve the thing and produce a birth certificate. And that set the left off. And I mean, I was attacked. Uh, I was attacked for covering illegal immigration <laughs> because... It was a ratings getter. That's the inverse. It was not a ratings getter. And by the way, no one would touch the story about illegal immigration. I People attacked me for covering uh, the outsourcing of American jobs. I was the only one talking about it, for crying out loud. But it works because it, it, the, the other people shy away. They, they uh, Oh, they're scared to know, death. People, you know, on January 6th, I, I, I never saw evidence that told me that Joe Biden didn't win the election, but I'll be danged if if anybody's ever going to prove to me that he did, because I've been in this business long enough to know that when you get that many ballots away from the polling places and extend the voting periods as long as they did, that people take advantage of that. And 99% of the time, in my experience, it's the Democrat Party that does it. And so I, I can guarantee you that fraud occurred. Did it change the outcome of the election? Well, I don't know, because this process that they set up with lack so much lack of accountability to the extent that it's impossible to know. So was Trump right when he said he won and, and Biden lost? Probably not, because I don't think he could prove that. Was he right when he said it was a it was a, a flawed election? Absolutely. And anybody that's afraid to say that, There's you know, doesn't understand how it works. Partner, so I have I've let's, got let's let's at least have accountability in the next election and let's not be afraid to stand up and say, hey, I don't blame the guy because, you know, all this crazy stuff that we let happen, mail in ballots and people carrying boxes around. You can't know who won an election when you're letting that happen. You, you, know, you just don't know. I was uh, a witness in a trial. Uh, civil trial against Fox News. You may have heard of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, the judge in the case, and I don't know much about law, but he made a decision that the trial was, uh, that the, excuse me, the election, it feels like a trial, the election was in fact not rigged. He decided yeah. that uh, that was the fact. Yeah. And that was the basis upon which he proceeded. He said that without apparently the knowledge that Bill Barr himself lied about his statements in December 1st, I believe it was, that the, they had investigated the election and that it was fair and there was no fraud. He didn't. Uh, he didn't. You can say it. we didn't find it or you can say we didn't prove it, but you <laughs> should never say it didn't happen because I guarantee it happened. And it may yeah. maybe didn't happen on enough of a scale to change the outcome of the election. 
but we shouldn't let it happen. We shouldn't have to go there. No, we should. We sat back as a country and let it happen. We sat back as a country and watched this police, these police officers in Minnesota go to long prison sentences for apprehending a drug addict that died of an overdose. Yep. And, and we're just sitting back and people, most people I know would be scared to even comment on that because they're afraid of being attacked. Uh, it's a sad, you know, so their tactics work. If they accuse you of, of whatever for reporting about the border or, 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 you know, commenting on Obama's reluctance to disprove his birth, then, you know, it works. It works. And I, and I have to tell you, uh, it, it scares the hell out of people. And my wife and I both were, were young journalists. And the fact of the matter is we got into it not because we wanted to get rich. We didn't want to even be uh, television stars or whatever you want to call it. We got it because we loved journalism. We loved uh, the craft. Uh, and it, it was all we lived for. I mean, I I got into more trouble with more bosses. I mean, I was blackballed by two White Houses, one Democrat, one Republican, George Bush and Barack Obama. Uh, <laughs> there you, I, go. you know, I have had throughout my career uh, these kind of controversies over what I want to report, which is simply and directly the truth as I find it. And what we know for a fact is that Bill Barr was lying when he said that, because there is no report of any investigation. There is no possibility that that investigation can be occurred. We know that the Homeland Security Department lied. Uh, Krebs, the head of the Cyber uh, and uh, Infrastructure Security uh, Agency, came out and said a week of uh, within a week there was no irregularity. We know there was every kind of irregularity, and we know that there was fraud across the board in this country, in the battleground states in particular. And besides that, folks, you have every right to question that election. 24,700 votes decided the 2020 election. And we have courts and judges and newspapers and television networks saying, oh no, you've gotta be an election denier to think there's a problem. This is madness in this country to just ask a question, which is, by the way, a, a journalist's job is to answer them. And I've answered them as best as I know how. It was rigged. Bill Barr has lied throughout. The Republican Party, much of it, has been gutless in their inability to muster the courage to say, we want to make sure this doesn't happen in 2024 and to surround, to surround Donald Trump and rally around him against these evil doers who are the federal government and the Biden regime. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, I, I, every, everything you say is true. I, I think, you know, we're, we're in this interesting situation where, you know, some of your listeners are probably, you know, uh, loyal Donald Trump supporters and can't wait to vote for him again. You probably also have other, other listeners who, who, uh, tend to be conservative, but for one reason or another, they're not that wild about another go around with Donald Trump. He, he can be a little exhausting and create problems for, you know, whatever unforced errors. But if you look at what's going on, you have to support Donald Trump when they're indicting him in multiple districts with made up charges. You have to step up and defend him on that. Doesn't mean you have to vote for him, but you have to step up and resist this. And and 
I think a lot of people are just kind of sitting on their hands because they they really don't know what to do. But, uh, it, you know, if people don't start taking a stand, uh, you and I had this conversation last time I was on your show. The real challenge here is we don't know what to do and we don't know when to do it. We know we're in trouble. But at what point is enough enough? And then when I decide enough is enough, what is what can I do? And I, you know, I'm not sure I know the answer to that. And I don't think most people in America do. Well, you're asking, I think, though, the, the pertinent question. We know that our government of checks and balances co-equal branches of government, a nation of laws, a constitutional republic. We know right now it's not working because we have a horrific, horrific moment in our history that none of us knows how to respond to without force. Uh, the fellow in Michigan over the weekend talking about he thinks that this if the 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 weaponized government continues going after conservatives, that only one thing can result. And that is a collision of force. Uh, I think we're some ways from that. But I do think that we have to come up with an intelligent uh, and, and effective way to communicate precisely how much how much evil is at work in this government in this administration and the marxist m party this is now this is not just the loyal opposition we're talking about here uh this and, and a two-party system this is a one-party system a one one-tier justice system there is no justice required whatsoever for the Marxist Dems and the Democrats and the left in this country as they indoctrinate, uh, savage our children uh, and uh, import more deadly drugs. And and Joe Biden sends more hush money to uh, to Volodymyr Zelensky uh, in Ukraine. It's wide open. Yeah, it's it, it's a troubling time. It's a troubling time. And and. And I, I don't think we're going to see uh, Hunter Biden held accountable. I don't think we're going to see Joe Biden held accountable. I, I think the next opportunity for, you know, a turnaround is the 2024 election. And and if uh, a Republican president can be elected again, I'm not sure with the demographics and the way they've, you know, with the illegal immigration and, and, and the, the voting, you know, procedures, being so uh, tainted around the country, I, I don't know if we'll see another Republican president, you know, in, in anytime soon. But if we're, if we're, we can elect a Republican and then not try to get retaliation, but try to return these agencies into the what they're supposed to be, uh, you know, particularly in the Department of Justice, to go out neutrally and and. Uh, evaluate facts and follow the law and not not become a you know organ of a, uh, one political party or the other uh, you know that that could turn us around but if it doesn't happen and you know they're marching Donald Trump off to prison over here and somebody else off to prison over there and and then you know obviously letting their own commit uh, treason and bribery uh, without accountability I, at some point, you know, I, I don't know that that it's unreasonable to think that that we might see some really rough rough times. But we, I don't think, I don't think the conservatives will lay down and just give it all give it all up without without a fight. But I'm not sure when the fight starts. 
Well, I'm not either. Uh, but I do know one thing. We're we're in a battle for this country's future, for this republic. Uh, and uh, it's not it's not looking good for us, but it also didn't look good for us in the early days of World War II. We did uh, respond. The problem is we don't have much time. Uh, there was a lot of time, at least for this great country, to respond uh, back then. Uh, we have almost zero opportunity here to get uh, to get motivated, directed, and uh, get this thing turned around, as you put it. But we always give the last word to our guest. Uh, your concluding thoughts. Well, I just appreciate the time. Uh, you know, I, I hate to be, I feel like I've been pessimistic and, and maybe I am, but, uh, you know, I think there's still a lot of great people working at the FBI and DOJ. I wish they'd speak up. Uh, I know there's a lot of pe great people out there in the country and I just hope, you know, they have the courage to stand up and, and say what they think and, 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 you know, call these people out for, for what they're doing. And because that's the only way we avoid you know, violence in the future or some really horrible ending to this country is is people have to start standing up and and asking, you know, demanding the truth. And, and yeah. I don't think that's happening right now. No, and I I don't either. And I'm sure most of the folks in this audience don't. Uh, we really appreciate you being with us, Bud. Thanks for coming back. And I hope you'll come back soon. Bud Cummins, former federal prosecutor, lobbyist, great American. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. Tomorrow, we'll be bringing you coverage from Mike Lindell's election summit to be held in Springfield, Missouri. We'll be joined by Mike Lindell, Attorney Kurt Olson, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, and Emerald Robinson and Laura Loomer with us as well. Please join us for that tomorrow here on The Great America Show. Join us each and every weekday. Follow me on Twitter and True Social at Lou Dobbs, on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. And check out LouDobbs.com as well. Join us tomorrow. Till then, thanks, God bless you, and God bless America.